Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, and welcome to World Weekly from the Financial Times. I'm Gideon Rachman. This week, we're looking at France after the election of Emmanuel Macron as president. And joining me in the studios are former Paris Bureau Chief Ben Hall, and on the line, Anne-Sylvain Chassigny, our current Paris Bureau Chief, and Sylvain, enormous excitement around Macron's election, a uh, big mandate. Do we yet have a clear idea of what he's actually planning to do with the mandate? Yes, big expectations. He's succeeded and achieved an extraordinary achievement. He wasn't even you know, known three years ago and started his own party a year ago. And he's promised to completely overhaul French politics. And this we will know for sure in a month's time in legislative elections. So his next big challenge is to win and build a majority in Parliament. Otherwise, he risks becoming the Queen of England. You know, he'll be a president, but without the means of implementing his, uh, his programme. And his programme is, I mean, very broadly, we'd say economic reform and we think of him as an economic liberal. But what specific things will he try and get through in the next year or so? The priorities in the next few months, he forgets a majority in Parliament in June, is to pass a few symbolic bills. The first one would be a bill to strengthen the rules, tighten the ethical rules for MPs after the scandal that engulfed François Fillon during the campaign, because as you remember, he's accused of allegedly hiring his wife and children in fake parliamentary jobs. Monsieur Macron now wants to tighten the rules around employing relatives and also rules over conflicts of interest. So that's going to be the first bill. Then he has promised to pass job markets reforms, which is going to be a big test for him because, as you know, unions have been violently against any type of you know reforms inserting flexibility in the job market in France in the past two years. He said that he would use governmental decree to pass those reforms. And as you know, those reforms are really important because then he wants to go and see the German Chancellor Angela Merkel and to try to um, get Germany to move on, you know, reforms of the Eurozone and the EU. So Ben, let's pick up on that second point, the labour market reforms, because as I said, you've served in Paris, you've seen previous reformist presidents, one could go back to Chirac, Sarkozy, they all say they want to reform the labour market. And they've all been more or less stopped in the streets, haven't they? So why would it be different this time? Well, because Emmanuel Macron has been very clear about what he wants to do. And to a certain extent, he has a mandate to do it. Secondly, he is going to try and use a sort of streamlined parliamentary system that hopefully could shortcut any parliamentary resistance. But he still may face quite a lot of resistance from the unions and on the street. And I think we could be in for a sort of hot rentrée, as the French call it, when they come back from their summer holidays and decide to take a stand against this. Yeah, because we Um, just saw 20% of French people vote for a far-left candidate. And there is this tradition of action in the streets and so on. Yes, and and we shouldn't forget that he only got 24% in the first round. He was only, you know, first choice for, for a quarter of the French electorate. 
And I think that what's possibly quite clever with his labour market reforms, though, is that he's not going for the icons of the French welfare state, the 35-hour week, etc., etc. He really wants to play around with the job contract to reduce this sort of duality of the the labour market, which basically means that you've got more and more people on precarious contracts and a kind of almost feather-bedded core of the workforce who enjoy, you know, very, very high levels of protection. Right. So... If he manages to get that stuff through, I mean, how much of an effect do you think one could realistically hope it would have on the French economy? Well, I think that plus his tax reforms, which will presumably happen next year, I think could instill quite a lot of confidence. And he's got some tailwinds already. The French economy is definitely picking up speed, as is the Eurozone economy in general, and business confidence is improving and order books are filling up. So as Anne Sauvain has written, you know, he is the luckiest man in France and his luck may well continue in that regard. But if he can make good progress fairly quickly on labour market reform and then get stuck into tax reform, very high taxes on companies, then I think you might start to see business really beginning to take this guy seriously and start to invest more heavily in France, which would be very good for growth. Now, Ansel, then obviously it makes sense to look forward now to the Macron years, but just one backward looking question. For the last few months, the big political story out of France has been Marine Le Pen. She didn't do as well as she would have hoped in the presidential election. She only got 34% of the vote. Do you think the National Front are now in disarray or do you think that they can make a comeback? And specifically, I'm interested, how do you think they'll do in the parliamentary elections? Do you think you'll have a block of FN assemblymen? There's a little bit of soul searching after the defeat, even though, as you mentioned, she um, hit a record number of voters this time around with almost 11 million people voting for her. But it was nevertheless a defeat and it was an underperformance. Polls had predicted for months that she could, you know, reach 40% of the vote. And as, you know, right after the second round, an iconic figure of the party, her niece, Marion Maréchal Le Pen, has decided to step down and to do something else. So she's retiring from politics uh, temporarily. So we can sense a little bit of soul-searching in the party at the moment. That said, Marine Le Pen will try to get a significant block a big group of MPs and she has made quite a you know big forays in some part of France in the north of France and in the south so we expect several dozens of far-right MPs in parliament it will be a force to be counted on and that'll change the political atmosphere won't it because I mean they've tended to be just a phenomenon that you look at during the elections but if you have a big block of far-right MPs in the parliament it can only contribute to this heating in the political atmosphere that Ben was talking about earlier. Yes, absolutely. And not just the far right in Parliament. We could face a hung Parliament. And it's really, really the short-term challenge for Emmanuel Macron, the new president. We have, in effect, four big political forces in France at the moment. We have the far right. We have the far left with Jean-Luc Mélenchon, who got nearly 20% of the vote. We have the center-right Republican Party, which hopes to regroup and recover from the defeat in the legislative elections. And I think they have good chances to get a solid group there, even maybe a majority, who knows, and en marche. And then you add, you know, the Socialist Party and the Greens, etc., etc. So it's going to be a very interesting elections in a month's time, because potentially we can have four big groups in the Assemblée Nationale. Ben, just to go back to an earlier point, Anne Sylvain, when she was laying out Macron's agenda, said, point three, go to Germany, try to get a deal with the Germans, get them to loosen up. What do you think the chances are? 
pretty slender, I would say, before Germany's own federal elections in September. And I'm sure he also realises that this is an agenda that he can't actually push with any great success. But I suspect he will push it afterwards. And he probably will be banking on the fact that Angela Merkel, as the head of another grand coalition, will be thinking about her place in history and that she will make another big gamble as she did bailing out Greece and as she did with letting in a million refugees and that ultimately he will be hoping that the Germans realise that there has to be more integration of the Eurozone that there has to be a greater sort of fiscal burden sharing and fiscal backstops if the Euro is to survive and if France is going to stay in the Euro comfortably and I think you know for him it will be an absolute vital part of his agenda. And he has Ansel then positioned himself I suppose perfectly to appeal to Germany, both as the sort of backstop against the the political extremes of right and left, but also as a very, probably the most pro-European French president I can think of for many years. Yes, so his views are that France has been trying to flex its muscles when talking with Germany. And, you know, every time there was a presidential election, it was all about how the presidential candidates would have a tough stance towards Germany, you know, the stronger economic powerhouse. And he says, no, we should really do our own reforms first. And then we have to think collectively about, you know, uh, common projects, etc. We have to think constructively. And I think, as you mentioned, he's going to go to Berlin very quickly, probably in the beginning of next week. And he'll try to seize on this, you know, goodwill that he's amassed during the presidential election. He's now a rock star in Europe because he's topped the populist tide in Europe. And he's going to make the case that, you know, France needs to succeed. Otherwise, in five years' time, you know, we can have the far right or the far left running the show in France. So that's his strategy. Mm. Yes, I mean, uh, just thinking about it, don't you think Ben would be almost better if Merkel went to Paris? Because Le Pen had this rather killer line, or actually not a killer line because she lost, but where she said one way or another it's going to be a woman running France, it's either me or Angela Merkel. Yes, that was definitely her best line in an otherwise pretty disastrous debate performance. But yes, it would have been a nice gesture in a way for Angela Merkel to have gone to the new kid on the block rather than him going the other way around. But I'm not sure I would read masses into that. I mean, it seems to me one of the interesting questions about this debate is actually whether France is a lot less Eurosceptic than we thought. And I think a lot of people are asking whether the millstone around Marine Le Pen's neck during this election campaign was her policy to pull France out of the euro. That was indeed what her niece said when she dropped out of politics. Indeed, and that seemed to be something that really deterred a lot of mainstream conservatives from backing her. So I think they now face a real debate about which direction do they go in and how do they broaden their appeal beyond just the hard right identitarian kind of politics without being mainstream kind of Eurosceptic. That's a real dilemma for them. And Ben, uh, last question, since we are after all sitting in London, what does all this mean for our concern? Brexit. I think the British government must be a little nervous about Mr. Macron because he's so pro-European and been very hardline on Brexit. Yes, it's hard to imagine him bending over backwards to cut Britain a sort of particularly favourable deal if that is deemed to be bad for the EU. You know, he will not want to damage the EU. On the other hand, though, I do think ultimately he probably will want to cut a deal with Britain. He doesn't seem to me the type of person who wants to punish Britain per se. But then that, of course, requires Theresa May to be you know, willing to compromise. And we're not quite sure whether she is. 
Well, I guess that'll be a theme for the coming year. But for now, thank you very much indeed to Ben Hall here in London, to Anne-Sylvain Chassigny in Paris. That's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye.